to Beyond the Void for a podcast. That's right. And today we're going to be doing episode 259 and we're going to be doing two movies that are very different from one another actually, but they're <laughs> new movies. That's what they have in common. Mm-hmm. One is called Titan or Titan as actually how you're supposed to say it. Titanium, Titan. It also goes by Titanium as, as the other name. So, but it's Titan from 2021 and uh, Night Teeth from 2021. That's on Netflix right now. That's right. So, two new movies that we're going to be talking about today that are very, very fucking different. One is probably the most memorable thing you will ever see. And one is just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a good time watching these movies today. We did. Uh, or this week, this past week or whatever. And uh, we also wanted to give you guys a big thank you for supporting the podcast with the merchandise. We did close down the store, as you guys know. We'll let you know when we're going to reopen it for single items here and there. You're going to want to grab those as quick as you can whenever they do come out because that's the only time we're going to do them. Right. And we may do like one or two items at a time, you know, just to try to get, uh, you know, some interest in there. And I'm also going to try to do some different designs uh, behind the scenes, like maybe something like horror shots themed uh, or, you know, something close to the podcast that you might like. So that uh, you might want to pick up, too. So but thank you guys so much. It really means a lot to us and it helps us out a great deal. And, and basically funding what this thing costs a lot of money <laughs> and time. And it really does go a long way to help us out. So thank you guys. But Christina, how are you? What's going on with you? Anything new? Well, I've been... Better than just, eh, nah. <laughs> Let's have a conversation. Well, I've been working so hard. The world is ending. Oh, Yay. my God. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> the apocalypse. apocalypse. Oh my God. That's about it. She's doing fucking TikTok memes now. <laughs> She's become a TikTok meme, <laughs> which, by the way, guys, we are on TikTok, by the way, yes, under BTV cast. I haven't really done a whole lot with it, although I did have a semi-viral moment. You know, I had like, a, I think it was like a 10,000 views happen for my my little jokey Halloween uh, rest <laughs> joke that I made uh-huh. <laughs> about Michael balding Michael Myers like uh, it was based off the, the fact that I thought of a balding Michael Myers mask and then <laughs> <laughs> I shared it in the do you love horror group on Facebook which you should also be following but if you're on TikTok I'm going to start doing you know weird funny things on there that are TikTok uh, you know exclusive for the most part 
smart mm-hmm. that make more sense on TikTok. Right. You right. know, like, you know, like quick little quirky things that I say when we're watching a movie or something or mm-hmm. that we find is funny or, you know, just stupid shit. Right. Um, but yeah, so I forget what I was saying now. <laughs> Oh, you're TikTok crazy. That's what it is. And she See? she yeah. she brought me into the TikTok world now, where I used to be Mr. YouTube man, and I would watch all YouTube all night. No, 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 not anymore. No, now she's got me on that fucking. I'm even first, TikTok drip. First thing in the morning is I I pull up my TikTok live and I do my workout with the well, TikTok people. I do my workout on TikTok. The mis- crazy. misunderstanding that I had with the the service was it's for little kids and yeah, you know, exactly. The, the stereo- Stereotypical shit, yeah. That, that everybody kind of close calls it and and says, oh, oh, you just get up and dance like an idiot. Oh, oh. no, actually, there's like, there's a it, lot. It's very catered. Like, there is more people on TikTok, I think. Yeah. That are in the now. Like, there's people who have solved murders and shit. Yeah. On fucking TikTok. Oh, and that kid who who used the hand signal because they were getting kidnapped and they learned the hand signal on TikTok. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's shit like that. There's it's weird like it's it's a really strange community. There's a lot of like, you know, toxic sort of behavior, right. but there is a lo- also like a really good group of people that are in there too. Right. Who, you know, they're just funny. They just want to have funny, say funny things. Mm-hmm. A lot of pet sharing that's really funny and you know, I actually feel like when I watch it like in a better mood mm-hmm. than when I'm on Facebook, like Facebook or yeah. fucking even, even Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Like Instagram's cool, but you know, it's there's, you know, it's just different. And what I like about it is like I don't have to contribute and I don't, <laughs> I don't have to like be a part of it. Right. I'm literally like they're just watching. Yeah, that's what like I, I I did and, yeah. and and a lot of people do, you yeah. know. We just watch it and like sometimes we'll sit in bed and we'll just sit there and watch it just to watch laugh it together. together. Yes, we Funny laugh stuff together. like cuz there's a we, uh, it, the algorithm chooses. And by the way, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Yeah, right. not TikTok because we're just I don't know why are you talking about? I don't this. know. But there is a lot of horror fans on TikTok. TikTok. There and really they, is. They have some pretty interesting material, including mm-hmm. one of our friends, Kyle, is from So Good It's Scary, mm-hmm. uh, who does a lot of promotion for a lot of different people. Shout out. Uh, you can follow him on there as well. Um, oh, shit. I'm not following him. I'm going to follow him That's right okay. Now. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, I, I forget shit like that all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, I'll be on my up. BTV cast on Instagram, and I'll be like, oh, shit, I don't even follow them? What the fuck? <laughs> but I think about them all the time. It just happens. He's, right. He's just not thinking about it. Anyway, um, but yeah, I don't know why we decided to talk about that. We got Thanksgiving because coming up. I've been it's working like... so hard. <laughs> all right. The okay. All right. Working. That's enough. Yay. Um, <laughs> what are we doing for Thanksgiving? Are we going to your families or what? Uh, we are spending it with my father in the care home. Oh, that's right. Her father's been doing better, by the way, guys. Um, we've kind of ironed out a lot of details and stuff. It ended up being West Nile virus. West Nile virus. If you guys aren't wearing mosquito repellent, I would highly encourage you to put some on now because this shit is fucking wild. And these mosquitoes aren't dying no, <laughs> in the cold. It's, they're not. It's it's. I, I got bit a couple of times out there already and I, mm-hmm. I worry because it's like we had an outbreak of West Nile virus here mm-hmm. in Arizona and it's like mm-hmm. it, it happens all over the country throughout the year. Right. But you just don't realize how crazy this thing is. Yeah. It, it like literally makes you feel feel like go nuts for 
like, and this isn't just like a, for a couple days. I mean, and and not just that, physically, mentally, like the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, can I share just a little? Yeah, that's fine. You know, um, like her father thought that there was a man in the room staring at him the whole time, mm-hmm. not saying a fucking word. Mm-hmm. That's creepy shit. He saw bugs crawling on the ceiling. That's some like uh fucking what do you call it um. Uh, like with that drug that you fucking take, the peyote. Oh, yeah. You see shit like yeah. that. Like, and you're not on peyote, guys. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Permanently, you see this shit. When he was in the hospital bed, he thought he was down in the infirmary and they were putting his body in the thing. Fever and, dream yeah. type shit, Like, guys. it's 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 not. Where you're like, fun. can't control it. You yeah. know, it's really kind of scary. And then on top of it, it causes people to not remember things very well. They can't speak very well. They have to relearn some of their speech and physical therapy. My dad just started walking again. And there's it's there's just a large mess. group of people that are out there in Arizona right now. And one of them actually connected with her father about this whole fucking thing. Yeah, and he was 28. So, I right. mean. It's not an it's age not thing. It's not an age thing. <laughs> so, I mean. Well, it affects everybody differently. But dude, I go out and smoke every night know. and I fucking hate putting that oily fucking that's why you need to sit up front yeah well i don't think it, well yeah because we have this we have this large what used to be a, a golf, golf course, course but they have this large luscious green out back that gets watered like five times a day and it's like it's a nesting pit for really fucking is. for fucking mosquitoes and i know they fog it but it's not enough oh Anyway. Anyway, it's crazy shit, guys. Like Everything is trying to kill you. Dude, Everything. I think someone could make a horror movie out of just getting West Nile and incorporated in somehow, you know, in some way. Mm-hmm. Because holy fuck, man, that's some scary shit. I was like fascinated when your dad was talking about like, oh, yeah, there's a guy sitting right there. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? He says, like, what if he really is and he's tuned into some other fucking dimension? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out like another way. Well, he, he also said it was weird because the second hospital he was in, he, he remembers it being a different feeling than like the other places he had been. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Right. Well, he may, maybe he felt more a little comfortable here. And he, uh, I, I you know, the know. people were a little more sterile. Yeah, but they weren't. <laughs> but you know what <laughs> I mean. I I'm just saying, mean. like your your yeah. emotions can affect how you feel. Yeah, how you, know, you feel, and what you especially think. your brain. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just freaky it shit. Is. It and is. Like even 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 now, he's still kind of dealing with it. So you know, again, get some off. <laughs> Spray that shit. Take baths in it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, he's getting better, so we're really happy about that. And um, yeah, so. It's been uh, it's been an interesting ride the past few months here. So yeah, God, we haven't even been able to like. There's been a lot. That, so if you guys haven't seen like a lot going on, and then on top of it, I'm fucking dying pretty much. <laughs> I my fucking feet are swelling. My fucking I can't sleep. I can't stay asleep. I can't I can't stay awake. Like I I literally will fall asleep in the middle of a movie, and then I'm like, ah oh, fuck, and then I got to go back and rewatch everything. It's happened multiple times. It's happened. It so, happened with these movies. That's why I have not been doing <laughs> reviews on YouTube. Um, I'm just exhausted, and I'm like, I don't feel like doing reviews of a movie that I keep passing out in. So it's like I feel like it's wrong. I feel like it's like wrong of me to not give it the full treatment. But I literally, I get angry when I fall asleep mm-hmm. because I'm falling asleep. I hate it. Like I'm, I'm mad. It's sounds, like narcolepsy. Sounds like you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you need to. <laughs> Maybe pay me millions of dollars to be able to take care of shit because I'm fucking or let's move to Canada where it's not so fucking expensive, you know, 
Hey, you want an aspirin? That's $180. And I'm bringing it to you. You said it's $150. Oh, thanks. Wow, I could have just... I would have rather walked down to the goddamn CVS from here with a catheter or whatever the fuck in my dick. You know what I mean? They'd go fucking pay that kind of shit. Uh, anyway. So, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots! All right, guys, so we decided to pick Titan as one of the movies that we were going to do a shot. Now, originally, we had the perfect ingredients, and unfortunately, we're just a little strapped right now, and we couldn't go down and get it. So we made do. We made a uh, a shot called A Motor Mommy. And what is A Motor Mommy, Christina, you might be asking? Well, it's <laughs> half of the Jim Bean vanilla, and we're back to 99, 99 root beer. That's right. Another half. So it's like a root beer float in a way. Yeah, kind of. You know? It and smells delicious. <laughs> for a very delicious movie, huh? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> it's like sucking out of the hole on her side. So it kind of looks like motor oil. Yeah. Uh, we, we were trying to use uh, Jägermeister. Really, yeah, and, but we ran out, so. Yeah, we usually have a lot. Yeah, and, we do, but we went through it. Yeah, so. Okay. To, uh. To to Titty, to love to love titties <laughs> to love. Okay, Ooh. that's actually not bad, but it's strong as fuck. Taste wise, it's perfect, but it is strong. Wow, that's really strong. Yeah, like that woke me up. Oh, good. You won't fall asleep. My this nipples time. could cut glass that's right disgusting. now. Disgusting. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so if you would like to try a motor mommy based off the movie titan 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 whatever shut up <laughs> all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now that's, that's it, it for, for horror, horror shots. shots all right guys so now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of two very completely opposite side of the spectrum types films <laughs> <laughs> With Titan from 2021 and 19, 2021. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. So, Christina's going to kick it off here with Ninetieth. Yeah. Vampires, one of Alex's favorite types of movies. Okay. A college student moonlighting as a chauffeur picks up two mysterious women for a night of party hopping across L.A. But when he uncovers their bloodthirsty intentions and their dangerous shadowy underworld, he must fight to stay alive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This was directed by Adam Randall. Mm-hmm. He did I See You. I'd mm-hmm. seen that one. Yeah? Yeah. Well, he did it. He also did iBoy. Did, I, did you I remember, see that? I saw I See You, and I don't think, I think the ending was, there's something wrong with the ending or oh. something. I can't remember what it was. It really kind of bothered me. This, mm-hmm. this I feel like, is probably a better movie than that. Okay. He also did Level Up from 2016. Mm-hmm. This was written by Brent Dillon. This is his only credit hmm. for, like, everything. I couldn't find anything else on him. Okay. And this movie stars George Lendenborg Jr. 
He plays Benny. He was in Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. He was also in Bumblebee, Alita Battle Angel. He was in Wu-Tang, an American Saga TV series, which I have not started yet. For some God knows reason why I haven't watched that yet. Okay, also starring Debbie Ryan. Would you say Wu-Tang? What the fuck? Yeah, the Wu-Tang. Yeah. They have a TV show that's that's like their earlier lives. It's That's on Hulu. Oh, okay. I didn't know it's that. It's called An American Saga. Anyway, okay. Debbie Ryan plays Blair. She uh, she started out acting on Barney. <laughs> she was the teenage girl, actually. Yep, she well, was I saw her in an interview Barney. talk about that. <laughs> She's also in Insatiable and Sing It, the TV shows. Um, in 2011, she was on an episode of R.L. Stein's Haunting Hour. Hmm. She seems like a, like one of those kind of actresses. Right. She, you know, I'm talking about like the like they have been starting out since they were a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's very so. confident. Very. Uh, Lucy Fry, who plays Zoe, she was in Bright. She was also in Eleven Twenty Three Sixty Three. That's what she was from. Right. Uh, yeah. I was like, God, she looks familiar. She looks like two people mixed together, yeah. like Priscilla Presley and like some other girl. Do yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't. She was in. The, I didn't research her parents or anything, but no, maybe she's, she's no, from no, like a no. I, I didn't mean that. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to genetically decipher <laughs> who she is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> She was also in eleven twenty three sixty three, which is like one of my favorite Stephen King books. Okay. Um, she was also in the Wolf Creek TV series and Vampire Academy. Hmm. Raul Castillo plays Jay. He was in Army of the Dead, Knives Out, and the Ghost Tape TV series. Mm-hmm. Alfie Allen, who's probably the most famous actor in here, he plays Victor. The villain. Uh, he was in John Wick. Right. He uh, was the puppy kicker. Yeah. The, in the first John Wick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was also in Game of Thrones. Like, I forget who he played, but he was a major role in there. He was in The Predator, Jojo Rabbit. That'd be funny if they yeah. made like a spinoff story from John Wick, like a, uh, like a, and it's called Puppy Kicker. And it <laughs> leads up to how he could kick the puppy. That's horrible. I hate it. <laughs> that would never happen. I just, I don't know. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Little shit, you know. <laughs> also, he's Ma- a British actor. He's not even Russian like right. he was in the movie or he's, whatever. He's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, also, Megan Fox is in this movie for like a quick minute. Yeah. You know, um, and I couldn't find a budget on this movie. Honestly, I didn't really look that hard, but right. I couldn't find a budget on this movie. Okay. And what did you think about Night... What the fuck is this Well, movie? I want you to go Night first, because I want to know what you think about this movie, because I've been wanting to talk about it for a little while. I, I know I've been spilling the beans, because I just want to... Night Teeth? Yeah. Oh, so you want me to go? Yeah, go. All right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I thought. Well, the trailer for this movie was pretty awesome, and I was very excited to see this movie, because okay. the trailer was just like, It looked oh. fun, right? Yeah, yeah, it did look fun. It's not that it's bad or anything, but go ahead. I know, but... When you continue watching it, I did not like the story in this whatsoever. I did not I, like the story, not at all. Not I did at not all. like the story <laughs> in my jaw. I f- it seems like a, a TV show, and it kind of reminds me of Lucifer. Okay. You know, the way it's I mean, it's, it's better written. than that in, in, in like, budget, I, I think. It has more budget. Well, yeah, it has more budget. But, I mean, just the way it was shot. Right. And the way it felt. Like I felt like well, I was the look of it is Lucifer. very, very much like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Very picture perfect. And the plot in this reminded me a lot of Underworld. I'll tell you what you I thought what I mean? afterwards. You'll see. Oh God, I, I don't. Okay, I can't. I don't. I don't get the Underworld thing, but okay. Well, because in that movie, it was all there was about werewolves them. and vampires. Yeah, but they were betraying their kind and like going after each other. That kind of shit. Okay. 
not to spoil anything. Yeah, no, it's fine. I just it's don't like agree. In this movie, <laughs> <laughs> I think this would have been better if they would have they would have made it a little bit more simpler, where it was simpler. Legi- yeah, where it was legitimately a, a chauffeur, and then like like who picks up these two chicks, and then there's just antics. There's not this whole backstory about this whole underworld. Like, okay, in the the very beginning, they go through this whole narration sequence, like about what vampires are, right. and it's like no shit. Like, we know all this shit, but then they had to map out, like, how L.A., like, coddles the vampires and shit. Like, I, that annoyed me. Yeah, okay. That, you know, keep it simple. Okay. Like, I don't need a, this I is think a this game movie of throws. is too simple, and it doesn't do enough to do outside of the box, so that's weird. Really? Yeah. That's really weird. But there wasn't a lot of blood in this. There wasn't, it wasn't that gory, but it is PG-13, I know, so... But it's Netflix. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. they should have just went for that it. That doesn't mean anything. It should be fine to make an R-rated movie. This is a targeted demographic of, like, 14-year-olds, okay? 14 to 17-year-olds. Well, yeah, I guess they would watch Netflix. It's, it's one of those movies that's an in-betweener where you're, like, not old enough to see it, but you want to be cool and you want to feel like that guy. Because that's the main guy, right? Everyone wants to feel like, oh, I went on an adventure with vampires and I'm actually kind of cool. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying- Yeah, but it was- No. Like, the, but there's right. too much going on because then you got his brother and then you got, oh, he's uh, like, he wants to be a musician, he, the brother and then the grandma and then his mom died and like yeah. all this other shit. It's like, no, we don't need to know all he's that. He's extremely likable, though. I just don't. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like the actors, all the actors were good. All the actors are pros. I mean, yeah. you can totally tell. But the story just did not do it for me. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Wow. I, I think you're being a little harsh on it. It, it, it is kind of average. I will give you that. Um, yeah. But, but it had a, a decent budget, and it's a popcorn flick. I wasn't expecting anything more from it, really. I personally think that this is a you know a lighthearted PG-13 hipped-up version of Blade, almost. Like, really? Literally. Like, think about this. You know, instep, except, you know, instead of having Blade running around and killing everyone to fight Brad Dorf at the end, it's a likable kid who happenstance falls into the city of vampires with some sort of love story thrown didn't in. didn't kill anybody. No, but there's, okay, Brad Dorf. And if you haven't seen Blade, earmuffs, uh, Blade, Brad Dorf is the Victor character. Okay. Right. right. And he kills off the old vampires. Right. In order to take over and run reign supreme. Oh my god, it's almost like the same plot. Exactly. Oh. Except there's no blade in this movie and it's it's a team of it's a love story in place of it. So that's really all it is. And not Brad Dorf. God damn it, I always say that. I mean Steven Dorf. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> they don't summon a blood god, but they might as well. Yeah. They, they probably might just as well. didn't have the budget, you know. Right. But that's essentially the main the main plot. You know yeah, I mean? you're right. I didn't even think about Blade. That's totally what I is. thought of. Because well, you think of vampire movies and you think of the mainstream. Because this is a, a very mainstream approach, but mm-hmm. you know more geared to uh, teens. Right. But how but how much fun would it have been if it was just two vampire chicks and then you know this this nerdy kid? Yeah, I know. Get, you know, oh I my mean, god, it, they could have made this so much fun. It's, it's more style over substance. They try to make everything look like a fucking nightclub everywhere they go, mm-hmm. and every fucking scene is like interesting and stylish and they're just having a blast it's like the hangover only not as funny mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's it's definitely an action drama horror uh comedy sort of mm-hmm. but it's not so much the comedy aspect things like they say stupid shit like i bet you give good blood like okay oh my god come on now they say it like nine times yeah in the movie. they really do it's like we've heard it enough we get it you're a writing genius okay <laughs> 
And the person who wrote it hasn't really done that much. Right. So you got to give them credit. They did a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For their first time, like, honestly, genuinely. Yeah, for like, their first time, yeah. Even, even if it's just slightly above average, that's better than anybody does their first fucking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I like Benny, the character, a lot. He's highly likable. The two girls who played Blair and Zoe were very, very, very fun. They're attractive. They're, they're, they're fun to watch together mm-hmm. and kind of, like, unravel this mystery and sort of thing, you know, that they've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't have many surprises, a few laughs and, you know, a few decent characters. I kind of like the idea, the interesting idea to see this world kind of unfold and what this world of vampires does. But it doesn't really bring all that much new to the table as far as vampires go. It's just the lifestyle thing, which totally reminded me of Blade. There are a few cameos like you mentioned in it. They don't really matter. Nope. Not not at all. I still think what they did with this PG-13 movie was still fun. Like, they really pushed the boundaries on it. And it's obviously, like I said, four kids. It's a little typ- typical here, you know. But if you're if you're bored and you just want to watch, like, a popcorn flick, you know, that has a little bit of action, a little bit of comedy, and some likable characters with some pretty typical outcomes, you know, it's not that bad. I'd probably give this a 6 or 6.5 out of 10, you know. Like, it's above average. It's not a bad movie. It's not necessarily one I'm going to return to frequently. But if it was on, I wouldn't hate it, my experience. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. A few fun parts, a lively pace. It's not slow. It's not a bad film. So for an action or whatever. For a vampire movie. Right. It's not terrible. Like I love, there's way better films than it. So, but yeah, so you said a five, I give it a six, 6.5. So we'll just say 5.5 for both of us. Okay. It's a 5.75, whatever. That's the BTV stamp of yeah. approval. I still think, you know, I'm sure there's going to be many more people that have less problems with it than we do. We've just seen a lot and it just kind of doesn't do anything new. Right. You know, so I like George in the movie. I like his character, Benny. I thought he was very likable and I hope I see him in more stuff because he's a guy that I would like to watch. I just don't know if he played the cool suave type in this movie that well. He was a little too timid for the role and it's probably because he's just kind of new. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Like. He did a good job, though, for what he did, and I could definitely see him in other roles down the road that might do better. Mm-hmm. So, but and the girls were great; they were just they were the the icing on the cake, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, we do have some trivia on this, not a whole lot, uh, and then we're gonna get into some of our thoughts and get a little more spoilerific. So, if you don't want anything spoiled, you can go down to the timestamps down below, skip to Tatan, and Tatan. see. <laughs> And see what we think about that one, spoiler free, and then skip to the end of the podcast to see what movies we're going to be reviewing next week. Might be a surprise. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, obviously, this is a movie about vampires, but did you know that they never once mentioned it? Right. Yeah, they didn't, did they? Nope. Nope. Never did. Not once. Which, you got to give them a little little credit. Like, we know it well enough. We right. don't need I mean, it they spoon didn't have fed to. to us. Oh, my God. They're vampires. They're sucking people's necks. They're a fucking oh. vampire. <laughs> like, they, you know, they could have had parts like that in it. Right. You know? Um, George actually is very, very, very fond of music. In fact, on set, he would have a record player. He, he made sure that he had a record player and he would play music for them. And they all became really fast friends. A record player. Literally. For, you know, he, well, whatever. I mean, maybe he likes to spin. I don't know. <laughs> but he he brought that and he played music a lot on there and they loved it. And they thought it was like 
one of the best, you know, things on set. Mm-hmm. So they talked about that. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Megan Fox and Sydney Sweeney. They only had one night of filming, by the way. Well, figures. This, yeah. You know, it wasn't that long of a scene. And Sydney Sweeney was weird in that she was okay. Megan was dialing it in. Yeah. They were just there for the paycheck. Right. And this is a movie that they filmed predominantly at night. So you can imagine they're probably in some pretty late nights. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Doing this. A lot of the cast were saying that they really enjoyed it because it kind of put them in this loopy state where they were kind of like punch drunky mm-hmm. and they felt like kind of being silly and stuff like that. Uh, even though they, they wanted to make sure that it was more of an action horror than it was like a, like a horror drama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than a fucking right. comedy. Right. It was like a light seasoning. They should have made it a comedy. It, it kind of it kind of makes you feel like he should have. I feel like he should have. Especially with those actors and stuff, they really could have fucking done it. Yeah, maybe. It could have been really good. Maybe maybe they did, and they just were like, maybe we need to dial it back, and it's just a little too stupid now. I don't know. Anyway, they had to film at night, and they said that they had a lot of fun doing that. Kind of pushed them to do some interesting kind of acting on the on the fly a little bit more. Even though they were exhausted beyond fucking, you know. I bet. So. I've worked graveyard shifts. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, that's pretty much it. That's all I have. I mean, obviously, all these people are, you know, once you work on a Netflix film, you're kind of part of the Netflix family in some way. Obviously, because one chick was in Bride. If they like you, they're just going to bring you into different roles and different movies because it's cheaper. Right. Studio, yeah. They give them, like, I think they give them, like, a salary Mm -hmm. to come work on Netflix. I don't know how it works. I don't know. But they can call them in to do small parts, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. It just didn't seem utilized well in this movie. Well, Megan Fox. Right. That's what I'm just, saying. Yeah. She Very underutilized. Yeah. I got notes of fucking her role in my favorite movie of hers, which is that horror movie where she's like. Jennifer's body. Yeah. Uh-huh. She had that kind of ability to do that here. And I really liked her in that. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like she could have been sassy, you know, like that. I don't know. Whatever. Didn't get it. We do have some scenes and some things they talk about. One of the first things the movie talks about right up front, which you guys may remember, is the three rules. Never let humans know you exist. Never feed on any of the unwilling. And never enter Boyle Heights without permission. Boring. Years and hundreds of years of of a truce that was made by humans and vampires has now been broken. And these rules need not apply. Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) So... Honestly, what did you think of Benny's performance and like where do you think he shines? Where do you think he does not in this movie? See, Benny was cool, but again, I could have seen him more doing a comedy. Yeah, I just thing don't, than, I don't than know the if shy. he had the chops to do it. I don't know. I feel like he was a little too timid. I mean, he was don't you remember him in Spider Man? He was funny in fucking Spider Man. I don't know. I just don't think it's his best role. Like he's done much better than this. Right. In other parts. Mm-hmm. And it's just he felt I think he dialed in the timidness a little too much because they wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. And it didn't he didn't strike me as someone that was like it's someone I wanted to root for. But I didn't really believe that he would come to this character to do the things that he does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like smash that guy over the head with a bottle. Like I could kind of believe that. That's what I'm That's why I'm asking you what you thought of his of his character and like his performance and stuff like that. He was highly likable, right? Yeah. I don't know what it is about him. I just like, I feel like I could watch him. Well, he's a teenage kid. Too, I would like to see team. him in a serious role. And before I really kind of like a role where he's like, like if they redid suburbia and he was the kid across the street. Well, I mean, he's in that Wu Tang thing. That's, yeah. that's a serious role. I have no idea. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Yeah. I'll have to check that, that out. Yeah, yeah. we need to watch I, I, I probably just don't realize, just, I don't know. I liked him in this role. I just feel like he wasn't the best part of it. And he should have been a little bit stronger, even though I really liked him. And it's see, such a I weird thought it combo. Was, see, and I thought it was a story. I, I thought it had nothing to do with the characters. Maybe. I thought it was a story and he had to fall in love with this maybe, chick. Maybe, and... maybe because he is the first time writing. This is like, this is his first script. Yeah, he didn't get like his dynamic out. with the character, his character. Yeah. But, you know, there was moments that I really liked him because he was just genuine. He, he has this like genuine acting style. I just don't, you know, it feels like, I don't know. Right. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, is there any part that you didn't like him in? No. What did you think of the girls? Like They're they... funny. Um, the girl who played Chloe or Zoe was a little, I don't know, some parts it was a little too much. Like you could see like the crack of, she cracks a smile in some scenes. And I'm like, oh, that's. Well, she's supposed, supposed to be to having that. fun with her food. But me, I don't think, so. I don't know. No, no, no. It wasn't. She was just her talking to people and like trying to be tough. Okay. I thought she did a good job. But I, th- I thought they did a good job, especially the two of them together were really good. What do you think was more believable and what was not? Like there's, was there any moments in the film where you're like, okay, that's not going to happen. None of that was believable. Right. Even but for I mean, vampires. Like, I mean, within the realm of their world that they built. Like they can't kill people. Come on. Like how fucking stupid is that? Like who can't kill people? Remember, that's one of their things. Things is they they could feed off people that yeah that's they because they give... made a truce Christina yeah I know that's stupid vampires wouldn't do that uh they do because they want to survive that's the whole theory about vampires no. is that if they were to take over the entire race then there would just be a feeding See, frenzy which... and hold on and then there would be nothing left that is the whole thing which makes... that's why they remain in the shadows they don't go out and address themselves because they're feeding just fine well they gotta... no they don't need to address themselves they would they would feed to kill not every Everybody. Well, I don't understand what you're getting at. I, I just don't like the storyline. Like, I don't like how they can't kill. They're only supposed to feed if the people give permission. What the fuck is that? That would have never happened in real vampire worlds. Like, true blood is more realistic than this this fucking, fucking storyline. Where there's a synthetic blood, so then they could. Like, that is way more I mean, I, I didn't realistic. watch the show enough to even give a shit. <laughs> Um, it may be good. I don't know. I liked it. Well, up Seems until like silly. the this third season. <laughs> I think it, it's. I think it weirded me out when I saw redneck vampires. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that fought the, or the Louisiana War. one. That's like I'm just like. <laughs> it was so dumb. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, but that's why I liked it because it's like you're almost they're they're putting in this history to it too, where they're bringing like that southern and then like the racial a little bit of the racial divide and stuff sure. in it too, which I don't know. I liked it. What did you think of the lore in this? Did they add anything new to the lore that was different from most vampire movies? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Either. No. Nothing. Nothing. Do you like remember anything? It's Blade. Like Victor was the guy. Like it was fucking Blade. So I'm saying he was and he was Deacon by yeah. the name. That's his name, Deacon Frost. Yeah, Deacon Frost. In Blade, that was Do- Stephen Dorff's character. So Victor <laughs> is basically <laughs> Deacon. <laughs> Even the club music. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, it I, all I had like that urban music, thing. Yeah. It had well, like no, a... it sounded like Blade. No, I was even thinking about that. When Blade too, at best. It wasn't like dance music. It was just like straight up like hip hop or like urban beats. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like fast. Oh. Blade, the first Blade had a lot of fast beats. Yeah. This The second Blade mixed hip hop with with like dance music. And then they kind of came up with this weird hybrid. That's one of those albums that's kind of like if you've ever seen the movie um, 
well, Spawn is one of them. That's one of them. And then the one where they those guys go to a football game in a fucking RV that their friend fucking like Jeremy Irons fucking uh, Judgment Night. That Judgment Night soundtrack, it's the Judgment Night soundtrack, the Spawn soundtrack, and then the Blade uh, 2 soundtrack. And the Crow. That do the, the, the hybrid, the the hybrid yeah. stuff. I don't know. The Crow is just straight music. Oh, they just... It's not a hybrid. It's oh, like I thought they... they literally created hybrid. They took oh, two right. bands and put them together and oh, made... Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what those three have in common. Anyway. I'm getting off subject, but um, did you have any favorite scenes in the movie that you enjoyed? I liked the scene when they were in the convenience store yes. and she was getting a Slurpee and then she starts slow freaking. dancing with him. Yeah, she was slow dancing with him. And then she started- Zoe, the bad girl, not the one that he's having a love interest with, by the way. Right. But then she starts freaking out because she's like, the the cash the cashier's calling someone is calling somebody right. well who the fuck is he calling <laughs> and then she goes up there and like she throws her slushy on him right and then flips him over on his back and then he's like what the fuck and he's like who are you calling he was my like, mom it's my mom I swear to God she was telling me something blah 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 and it's so real like <laughs> he's just like what the fuck and she licks his face <laughs> and then he's like what the, are those teeth like what are those and then they put tape over his mouth and throw him back over. <laughs> Which was really, I, 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 that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, too. There really yeah, isn't that funny. many, because it's so typical. Yeah. yeah, really, there isn't that many. I did uh, also like the part where they go to the club, and they're outside, and the girls know the guy who's at the club, because it's one of these kill spots, just like they did in Blade, mm-hmm. where they have people waiting unsuspectingly down below mm-hmm. who were going to get eaten by the vampires waiting around kind of like lingering it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. like and I mean it wasn't exactly like that in Blade I'm just saying like there's that element of it maybe we need to watch Blade yeah Blade 1, 2, 3 God, oh, no three. not 3 just 1 no we have to watch Trinity you can't no you can't. Okay. Anyway, Plus, you got sorry. Ryan Reynolds in it. Anyway, I haven't seen it forever. He Just... was in Trinity. I don't remember. Yeah, he was. That was that was where everybody got the idea for him to be Deadpool. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. where we need to watch those. Yeah, and that started that whole long history of him becoming a fucking action star too. Oh. Is that he? That was one of his first roles, and he was such a piece of shit little side role. You know what I mean? Like they didn't even. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's a, that's a weird movie that spawned off his career in such a weird direction. I don't even remember him in that. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a comedian, too. What's his name? Uh, who's the short guy that I always think is really funny? Come on down to, to He-Man Salad. We're locking the doors from the inside, you piece of shit. Patton Oswald's in it. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's like the mastermind computer guy. And not only that, uh, there's a guy, another the guy from fucking Walking Dead's in that movie. Oh yeah, that's like that's why I'm saying that. this is such a weird movie for so many different people. It's a terrible movie, but it's like where they fight Dracula and they didn't have a budget to fight Dracula. Like if you're gonna fight Dracula, at least put some fucking money behind it, right? So it doesn't look like shit. Sorry, I learned something about Patton Oswalt this week, which blew my fucking mind, but never mind. What? Just say it real quick. His first wife, the one who died. Yeah. Did you know that she was one of the for, the people who um ended up finding the Night Stalker? Yeah. And put it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, that's real. That's legit. <laughs> that is so fucking crazy. <laughs> I just learned that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
Anyway, sorry. True uh, crime. My true crime. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of in this movie that I actually enjoyed, uh, Night Teeth, back to the actual fucking podcast <laughs> that we're doing, Christina, um, is the the stupid last vampire guy, right? Like, he's the last of the, the, the leaders of the vampire, and he's the stupid one that has a tiki bar lounge. Right. Do and you he's remember like that? he's a surfer. He's like yeah. a surfer guy. He's like the stupid one. And I'm like, wouldn't you kill that guy first? Yeah. Like what? Well, obviously, he wasn't that stupid because he had the... Uh... The bow, the bow and arrow people with him. The Legion. They had the Legion. Yeah. That was the other thing that was in this movie that was really kind of like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> like the cosplay. So there's like, yeah, there's like, like, there's like regular world people, police and everybody. And then there's like people who work for the Legion who are the underground. Vampire cr- slayers. Vampire slayers who are against the people who made a deal, the truce with the vampires. See what I'm saying? That's like, another. This is like. It's, that's another trope from something else, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's another movie altogether. Exactly. I can't think of what it is, but. Me either. But I think it's Van Hel- No. The fuck was it? It's one of those big mainstream movies that they try to do. Was it Underworld? Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it you're was. right there when it comes to that third element. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just fucking stupid. It's just too much. Yeah, I don't like, know. They should have just had fun with it. But I don't know. I I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't, wasn't like blown over the moon about it or anything. Yeah, there better not be a sequel. <laughs> uh, I'd rather just see that kid in more stuff. You know, like something a little bit more legit. Yeah. You know. A little too mainstreamy kind of feeling to me, you know, for me to like love it, love it, you know. It's like kind of Marvel actiony. Right. Well, I think we need to move on to this next movie because I know you're dying to talk about. Well, it. maybe you shouldn't speak for me. Maybe I'm not. I should speak for you because you don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're saying. All right. Well, anyway, we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, uh, even though Christina's sly fucking <laughs> segue didn't work. <laughs> I know. So we do have another movie called Titan. Titan. Uh, pronounced Titan. Titan. It is a new movie that just came out. It's been in the festivals. It went to the Cannes Film Festival and it went to like TIFF and all those other places. Uh, it's a. This is the original like sort of plot synopsis that the director wanted people to know at the festivals. Mm-hmm. It is following a series of unexplained crimes. A father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years. That's one of them. The other one that they gave was more obligatory. Uh-huh. A metal, Titan, a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys. That was the other one that they gave. Okay. Right. She just didn't want anybody to catch on. And maybe... Which makes sense. And maybe, guys... It's best that you go see this movie just for what Blind, it is. But yeah. we'll, we'll get there in a second. So this movie is written and directed by Julia Ducournau. She did the movie Raw, which I quite enjoyed. I remember watching it with you, and it was one of the more yeah. in- yielding parts when she's chomping on a finger. It looks so fucking real. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, whoever does her prosthetic shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my it's God. It's amazing. And this movie, too. Yeah. Oh, there is no. Yeah. This stuff looks real. Um, right. But she's. The, the Raw movie was a, about a young woman studying to be a vet and develops a craving for human flesh. And she tries to share that with the love of her life. And uh, it's kind of a story about love. She had three writing consultants on this movie. So while she did 
she is one of those type of directors, by the way, that is very specific about what she wants, has a vision, has exactly what she wants. But she had some consultants to kind of iron out some kinks with some of the writing and everything like that. That's smart to do. It specifically says writing consultants. So I would oh. assume. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong. There's, you know. Oh, no, not at all. A lot of people go, oh, what the fuck? She's so controlling. Hey, man, some of the best films are made by controlling people. No, that's covering your basis, though. Right, but if you have a you vision, if you have a vision and you don't want people to fuck it up, that's that's there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah. Some people have a vision and it's a really good one, and you just let them do it. Sometimes you think, oh, more heads are better than one. No, sometimes they're not. Sometimes, they, oh yeah, they muddy the water, the plot, the story, and this is a very personal film to her. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm I'm saying this. Oh, okay. So anyway, some of the stars in the movie, I'm only going to name three. Vincent London, who plays Vincent in this movie. He's the the guy that lost his son in the movie that we talk about. He's been acting since the 80s, and he's mostly just a French-only actor. He's been in a few, like, British or American projects here and there. But his bigger films have been French ones, like The Measure of a Man, La Haine, Poor L, and Diary of a Chambermaid, which sounds like a porno, by the way, (laughs) from the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> we also have Agathe Roussel, who is Alexia uh, slash Adrian. No need to explain. She's been in a few short films, but this is her first official big time feature role. Really? Yes. Wow. She did really good. Astonishing. I'll get more into that later, though. Garance Marier, who is Justine. She was Justine in Raw. Oh, I don't know why she named her the same thing, but um, you might as well tie your movies in together somehow. Right. I think think she was trying to in some way, but she was also in Pompeii, Madame Claude, Warning and a show called Gone for Good. And that's pretty much all you need to know. These are the three main characters. Mm -hmm. There's really only two. There's like, you know, there's a few characters, but that's pretty much it. Okay, so the budget for this movie is in European dollars, since it is a French film, of course. It is $5,700,000 European dollars. Its opening box office weekend domestically was about 500533 and then its gross is $1,442,000. Worldwide gross, though, was nearly the budget, $4,428,955. So close to $5 million. But don't let that scare you off, Christina. I would love to hear what you think about this movie. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still really confused, as in I still don't know what to think about this movie. Well, maybe we'll iron it out in the the spoiler section. Okay. Um, It's batshit fucking crazy in the beginning. Okay. And then it just kind of dies down. So I don't like that too much. Okay. I need I need one or the other. I don't need it is, both. It is definitely not a three-act structure no, film. No, not at all. Yeah. But so it's just kind of like surprising, and I do think this is a movie that you'll, you'd have to watch a couple times in order to get it, because I know you and me have already gone back and forth about some of the, the, the things that were going on. Um, yeah, but I can't say I've never seen anything like this before. Jesus fucking Christ. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it leaves a mark. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was like, it was really dramatic and then it was silly. It, it's just kind of a weird combination to have together. Whereas in like raw, raw was more a little straightforward. Yeah. Straightforward and evened out. Right. But this one, it was. It when was... I explained to you why, what she was thinking and why she, she was very open about it. Um, 
you will go, oh, okay, it's yeah. a, it's going to make a and lot more sense. I kind of know that, and it does make more sense, but it, but just knowing that, like, you know, I don't care either way, but so does that mean I enjoyed the movie? Well, first of all, well, let's just like, explain the to them the, the, the premise here, because I, I feel like you, we can tell you a little bit, and it won't spoil okay. or change anything anyway, because right. it's about a woman who is a car dancer, has sex with a car. She fucks a car. Okay. And gets impregnated by it. She gets impregnated by the car. Yeah. And meets a and meets a father who has lost his son. That's all you need to know. And it doesn't change anything anyway. Right. But, well, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Yes, but of course. But I'm there's... just saying the most interesting thing is that she fucks a car and she gets impregnated. Yeah, which is To so... dodge around that is really kind of yeah. odd. And then it's like, it's they could have... <laughs> Without having that in the story, mm-hmm. it could have been a good. Mo- it still could have been a good movie. Like I don't see. That's where I get confused. I'm like, why did they have to? Put you this don't really- think it was a good movie? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm so confused. Like that's because you have nothing to compare this to. I yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm so confused. But I feel like if they would have taken that element out with her in the cars, you know, had the accident in the beginning. No, it's all prevalent. Take yeah, but her in the car stuff like. Would have that made more sense? You're talking about the beginning of the movie? Yeah, kept the beginning of the movie in, but her getting impregnated by the car, if that they would have taken that out. You think they should take the most interesting part out of the movie? It is very interesting. Okay, yeah, no, I don't but agree with you at all. I don't know. No, no, <laughs> I'm not saying they should have done that. I'm just saying if they would have, like, I it don't know. It would have sucked. It wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have made as Im- Im- impact. Yeah, but I still feel like it would have made an impact because of all it, the stuff that went on in the end. It's, well, I don't know. I disagree. So Okay, no, that makes sense. I don't know. So I gave it a 5 out of 10 because I'm going to have to watch this movie again because I don't know what the fuck. Really? What I you need don't to, know. I, mean, I understand. I understand what you're thinking. But just because this is a movie that does break conventional norms in a lot more ways than probably most people realize. Uh, I have some thoughts on that. Would you like me to share it with you? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) You're not wrong for how you feel. Uh, Oh, well, thanks for saying that. That's recorded, okay? You're wrong for how you feel. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh (laughs) Jerk. This movie, man, is, is something else, man. Like, I honestly really liked it. It, and I don't mean that like afterthought kind of way like i told you right off the bat i was like that was a good movie i would i would watch that again i would own that movie because it's so different um it's it's a very challenging and bold film and just about all the facets of its sort of creation and viewership like it's not going to be a movie that you will forget and it is going to do things and put you in situations that on the surface is about a troubled woman who falls in love with a car and gets impregnated by it, then it does something completely different that sort of pushes the movie into a sort of spectacular realm. I'll just go and tell you. Go spectacular? Ahead. Yeah, and I'll explain. Like, most people that might, this might not be the film for them because they're not going to be able to really define it. They may not resonate with it very well. You know, it is a very unyielding tale that literally forces the viewer into perspectives that you may or may not have ever or never even considered. That is unfamiliar territory as a person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Scrubbing away all identities down to the very essence in which we are fucking humans. Okay. So in a way, all the stuff that we identify with ourselves, this movie strips away. In the deeper sense. And that's just me getting deep here in the beginning in the spoiler free section. Don't worry. 
But I think that's where the genius lies is not in the beginning where it's really interesting and there's some crazy things that are happening. It's what it really means in the end. And that really makes a big difference. But like many others, you wouldn't be alone and not instantly catching on to that sort of thing that's this message that she's got. It's very, very uh, personal in some ways and is based off a dream she had. Uh, and she wrote it backwards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a movie that lives within the world that we live in. It is sort of a, a, a parable or a story that mirrors it mm-hmm. in some crazy way that is fed to us in a in a wild dose of cinema. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. In a way, it's almost like two different films. But I, I think the intro is set up a specific way as to let the viewer kind of be appalled by the certain actions, almost as if to set off alarms and distrust and unease. It kind of kick off the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're triggered by nudity, graphic violence, or sexuality in any way, this movie is going to trigger you. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. Uh, the most graphic thing I've seen, it's not the most graphic thing I've, I've ever seen or anything. You know? Right. I've seen so much worse. Right. It's just kind of brutal and kind of unyielding and doesn't turn away like most traditional films do. And I am, admire the shit of it for doing that. And some of the stuff that they do within... You know, when people murder people and, and fucking kill people, it's not as 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 like specific. Right. It's sloppy. It's messy. It's it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think that movie, this movie kind of taps into that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, And it's real creative in that respect, too, because it kind of makes it even more like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. they missed and it went there. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, I mean, we, me and you turned away a couple of times. Because it was pretty like there's some nails and there was just things in it that just just like oh fuck I don't want to see this what the mm-hmm. fuck um I don't know the movie just has a tendency to go there but don't let it scare you off it's not like the it's not like we're seeing the most insane thing you've ever seen it's not Serbian film where they're <laughs> fucking babies or something like that okay at the start I was like holy fuck what the fuck am I watching and then it switches into this very weird turn of events and the situation between this insane girl and this father who lost his son and hasn't seen him for 10 years and which is not only tense the entire time, but it's also very heartfelt and extremely weird, mm-hmm. like which is a strange shift because the intro of the movie, the method of madness on display in the beginning of this movie is shocking and in your face. But it kind of winds down towards the last half of the movie. And it really it, does for its 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 essential message. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the setup, they, I think they set up that way to prey on the viewer and sort of direct their emotions and thoughts in a certain way, which I think is masterful when it comes to having a vision as a filmmaker, because any, anybody that is able to make anyone feel anything for any movie is the ultimate goal, right? Like to get some sort of reaction or make you feel a way that you haven't before to peer into this world that you have never lived through. Right. Right. We get off on that shit. That's what movies are all about. I may have a better reason for the ultimate goal. I don't know. This is my theories on it. So we'll get into that more later. So stick around for the spoiler section if you have seen the movie. But it's hard for me to say what this movie is and what it resembles. Spoiler free. It's a weird, wild experience. It's really ultimately about metamorphosis, who we want to be, who we think we are, who we want to call family and who we love 
but I'm pretty sure that doesn't encapsulate the entire movie for someone who's not seen the movie. That doesn't, that sounds like some drama. Right. So it's like, <laughs> it's given with a dose of holy shit. <laughs> In, in a way that is just so unbelievable and crazy that you're going to be like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this. So but ultimately, it's about the human experience and, and a lot more to me. Um, let's just say it's not your typical Hollywood movie. It, it's like an art house film that isn't slow at all. Sense. It is slower towards the end, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of tension and things that happen in that that you're just like, oh, my God, what is happening? This is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. And it forces you to stay in that uncomfortable in some some instances. Mm -hmm. um, the acting is amazing. I thought the yeah, woman who did this role, I she blew me fucking away. Her name is Agat Rousselot, Roussel or Rousselet. She's fucking fearless, dude. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot believe the performance that this woman gave. Mm -hmm. Her first feature film. She gave it her all. Right. I mean, we're talking about putting a woman in a very precarious situation where there's a lot of nudity, a lot of things that she, you know, are not very becoming of an individual. And she transforms in this movie in ways and does different roles that you're just going to be like, holy shit, dude. Right. Part of it is, of course, her acting. Obviously, a lot of it is the direction, too. Mm -hmm. And obviously what they do with some of the, the makeup effects and stuff like that as well. Like, it really just grips you by the fucking head and says, look, <laughs> you know, like. Right. I don't know. I think she's amazing for doing it. And I, I really think she deserves a lot more credit than I think she probably even gives herself. But there's, you know, also fucking Vincent Linden, who plays the father in this movie, who when I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, he just looks Ugh, ugh. Like, what is this about? <laughs> I don't mean his face. I mean, just the, the, the nudity of him in some reason. not saying because he's nude. I'm saying just oh. he's putting these a uh, picture esque uh, filming in some pretty like unflattering oh, ways. Yeah, you know what I mean? Saying, like, yeah. it's very unflattering. A lot of this movie. Um, but his performance was outstanding, too. Like, I thought it, it was really good. There is. There's just so much going on in the film, too. It's got this, like, body horror thing going on in the movie that will result in a definite few turnaway moments for some viewers. And, uh, you know, I would say, you know, oh, it's kind of like Cronenberg, but I, I kind of do that a lot. And I really don't think, I think it's kind of reductive to do that mm -hmm. because she's doing her own thing here and she's doing it well. Mm -hmm. You know, she may have been inspired by Cronenberg mm -hmm. in some way, but... She he's not the only person that does body horror. Right. She just happens to use it in her films and it makes a statement just like it did for fucking Cronenberg. And especially when you have some sort of fucking uh, ideology or message tucked into that, it's even more impactful. And that's what I love about Cronenberg is that it's not just all over the screen for nothing. Like there's a meaning behind a lot of this stuff. And she does that, too. Mm -hmm. So but. If you are a fan of Cronenberg, it's definitely not going to offend you, okay? But um, but I personally uh, really love films that challenge sort of my sensibilities and my my how I feel and make me uncomfortable in some ways, you know, because it's it's something I haven't experienced yet. And and, and again, we watch movies to experience things that we cannot or do not want to experience from a safe distance. Mm -hmm. And that's something I have always had a heavy interest in is just the mind perspective of why people do things why they're, you know, react the way that they do. It's something I don't think I'll ever shake for me. And this movie blew my mind in that regard. Mm -hmm. Julia 
DeCorneau meticulously like crafted this story and it's all about stripping away labels that society may have embedded into us for a long time and it rips it out of our chest and shows it to us while she's smiling like that's the kind of like vibe i get with this movie is that Mm -hmm. it's like a good message tucked into this really fucked up situation Mm -hmm. i'd give it a probably an 8.5 or a 9 out of 10 like legit. One of your favorites. I was year? an eight on the night we saw it, but afterwards I just couldn't shake a lot of the things in my mind. And I've been thinking about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get films like this a lot. Is it, is it a horror, horror, horror movie? No, it's definitely not. It's, it's definitely something more than that. It's, 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 it's definitely got drama. It's got fucking emotion. It's got, you know, mm-hmm. crime, uh, serial killer sort of style. That's body horror and all this other stuff. It's just, a, it's, it's, she made a movie that nobody else can make. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie that won the Palme d'Or for her film that she made, which is the highest ranking honor that you can get at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, wow. She is the second woman to ever receive that, other than the woman, Jane Ch- Campion, mm-hmm. who did the 1993 The Piano movie. Oh, wow. So it's historic. Uh huh. So pretty big. Yeah, it's big. She's sw- she's coming out swinging, dude, with this fucking movie, man. Mm-hmm. I understand this isn't going to be for everybody, guys. Like it's 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 ugly. It's disgusting at times. It's brutal. It's, it's violent. Brutal. It's it it doesn't. You don't want to watch it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a really good message. Just like um, what's that movie? Um, Requiem for a Dream. Right. It's the fucking. This disaster Carnage, with yeah. a sugar, a little bit of sugar inside mm-hmm. of this really kind of endearing message. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. About life and everything. And I, and I, you know, while we don't watch these movies all the time because they're not necessarily uplifting, if you, if you look into <laughs> it deeper, it might be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's what I think. You give it a five. So that gives us, we'll just say nine just to be nice. 7.5 between the two of us. Sorry. <laughs> no, there's nothing. I do think it, people should watch it, but it's just like. Well, when we get into uh, the spoilers, I think it might kind of uh, paint it a little bit differently and you might appreciate it a little bit more. So we'll get into that now and share that with you guys now. Um, if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, go watch the movie. It's out for rent. You can just rent it on any of your digital platforms. Um, if Check it for yourself. You know what I mean? Even if you don't like it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just right. not for you. It just it's it's made for a specific audience. It's made for a specific person, Julia. Mm-hmm. And it's just a wild ride for me. Like I've never seen anything like this. And uh I'm sure we'll see more from her in the future. And I'm actually very excited to see more from her in the future. She said that Raw was her first film, and this really pushed the boundaries for her. She feels like she's like on her on a roll Mm -hmm. and she does not want to do a film that isn't personal so we're going to see a lot more from her after this movie i guarantee you guys she'll have another movie out in 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 two years time no no matter what if she doesn't have one out for next year i'd be surprised like next year or the year after so Mm -hmm. but if you don't want anything spoiled there is the timestamps down below you can check out to see what we're going to be talking about next week at the end of the podcast talk and other than that here is your warning so I'm ready. Give it to me. This movie was shot in the middle of a pandemic. So, oh, cool. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, it was a, supposed to begin in April, but it got delayed until September. Mm-hmm. So they actually did this movie pretty fast. 
If oh, you wow. think about it, yeah, like, you know, post and everything, they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was just really well shot anyway, and they don't think mm-hmm. they needed to add that much. Mm-hmm. But the director, uh, Julia DeCorno, said that the love element in the movie, Raw, that she she rather loved that in the idea of that movie, and it somehow kind of stuck with her because she was like, wow, this guy is like willing to stick through anything for her. Mm-hmm. Because he loves her, and that's such a strong, empowering message. And she said, well, what if we kicked that up a notch and brought that fucking sort of idea idea into <laughs> another movie, but pushed the boundaries even further, as in this person's even worse, uh-huh. doing worse things for love. Uh-huh. And then love kind of reels them back in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But she said that this was a challenge to herself to do another story like that, obviously pushing it much further this time, really testing the bounds of love. She said that she really likes a a movie that sheds so many different layers as you watch it. And that, you know, movement means change, means to grow and to learn Mm -hmm. and to metamorphose, you know, this whole metamorphosis thing. And you have to go through different metamorphoses in order to reach your true self. Right. Whether that means spiritually or physically, she seems like a spiritual person. Right. Um, but she also did not like the three-act structure. She said, academically, that's what I was taught to do. Right. But she said, this film right. is not, this is not the structure for that. Makes sense. So that's why it's going to be a little off for a little people, a lot of people, because mm-hmm. they're used to sort of a three-act mm-hmm. structure sort of thing going on. People change it up. They usually use the first two at least, and then sometimes they mix up the last. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of like backwards almost. You know what I mean? Where like the height of the movie is like yeah, in the beginning. In the beginning, like the very and stuff. beginning, yeah. Which I'll be honest, when I first saw in the beginning, I was like, "Holy shit, this is the beginning of the movie. Where is right. this movie going? going?" Yeah, like even though I still enjoyed this, the last part, mm-hmm. she felt it, but you know, the idea of the the whole birthing of the car like the or you know having sex with the car mm-hmm. she was said that was based on a, a nightmare that she had and she said not a dream a nightmare okay oh okay the last scene of the film which we already know is her giving birth to the baby with the the steel spine uh-huh she said that that is where the dream is the the nightmare she had took place the baby was her giving birth to this, you know, steel monster, uh-huh. steel baby or whatever. And she's like, she said more specifically that the nightmare she compared to life and death, meaning like giving birth is life. But, you know, the metal is cold and not alive. It's dead. So it's like, OK, it's her idea of what light and darkness have to coexist life and death mm-hmm. light and dark they can't exist without the other okay and that's the literal point in in which that means um she just said that that's why alexa well if you think about it that's why alexia alexia in the movie is so self-indulgent mm-hmm. and guided by her own actions and nobody else in the very beginning she fucking burns her house down. She fucking kills all these people. With She burns her house down with her parents inside. We'll get into the specifics here. I'm just <laughs> explaining something. Right. But she she's kind of guided by her own actions, and she's selfish. 
You know, mm-hmm. she's this monster, and it's partially in part because she gets in that accident in the beginning of the movie. Right. Which I was trying to explain to you after we watched it. that Yeah. She wanted attention from her, her father. father who's driving. Right. And because he didn't want to deal with her, they wrecked. Mm-hmm. And then she got a titanium plate put in her head, mm-hmm. which made became fused with her personality. Right. The dark side. The death. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The coldness. The, well, the, it's too deep for me. The lack of humanity. But she meets this guy, the father, who's had a son missing for 10 years, and she plays the part of the son. And their relationship, she's sort of getting re-in-touched with her humanity. Mm-hmm. And it changes her. Because she has to survive for the child. Right. So it's not about, oh, she's a murderer. I can't associate with her. There's probably some other descriptions here but i'm I'm getting to my point here it's it's a long one but she's basically birthing a new love this is what she said a new life essentially sometimes our worst experiences lead us to the best fine you know of light Mm -hmm. and that we we these like death and life and good and bad and all this stuff the dichotomy is actually all intertwined right and it's a part that we need to accept Mm -hmm. so that we can live a better life Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying um and this, of course, leads us to what I would assume metamorphosis and what a lot of people are considering gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. Because in this movie, she plays the part of this guy's son, even though she's a pregnant woman with a fucking car baby. She had to hide all that. She had to tape herself up, all this stuff. A lot of this is very, very um, transgender specific almost. Mm-hmm. What transgender people go through, you know, not necessarily murdering people or something like that, but feeling that they're a monster. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Because they're not being who they are. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, she and I'm, I'm. She didn't say that. She said the ultimate message here is love. Uh huh. But she adds a lot of stuff that a lot of people who would be who have gender fluidity issues and mm-hmm. uh, you know people who maybe have androgynous features deal with, mm-hmm. or just regular guys who are told they can't cry. Or girls, right. they can't like anything that's the color blue. Right. Or they can't like Batman Play with comics. Dolls, yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing. The entire beginning of the movie was like sort of leaning hard on the objectifying women thing. Remember, even in the beginning, when she's dancing on the car and there's all these guys like, yeah, I want to fuck her. Da, 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 da. And she's like humping the car. Right. You were yeah, just, I was what did like, you say? Oh, God. Yeah, I was exactly. Like, because <laughs> it was like all the women. And, and what did I tell all you? The women. What did I tell you? Yeah, you said there's a reason. No, I said it's directed by a woman, Christina. Yeah, but there's got to be a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. Anyway, I thought it was funny because she was like, "Oh my, it's 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 intentionally put on there pretty thick." Right. Obviously. Even if you said that in in the beginning, and it's 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 just done so intentionally to to kind of point it out to you, but. This is like the metaphorical sort of uh, metamorphosis that is going on. You know, she's coming to not associate themselves with that sort of gender identity politics and stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Vincent Linden's wife, <laughs> she was actually not very amused with this story concept when she heard it because mm-hmm. everybody was drinking. And she was like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> <laughs> And then she was like, I like Julia, but I don't know. This seems weird, a little different. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, is she okay? (laughs) And he said he at first was taken back by the script. You know, he was like, I don't know, man. Right. Like, can I 
can I do this? And then he said, the more and more he read, the more and more he felt like he had to do it mm-hmm. and that nobody else should do it, mm-hmm. that it was for him. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, I mean, it literally, he talks about how it, it literally changed his life. Oh, wow. Like this role really changed his life mm-hmm. um, because he just like felt like he pushed himself some ways because they made a joke about it on the stage, but they were talking about how he likes to have a monitor when he's filming so uh-huh. he can see himself from time to time, how he looks. And she was like, no, nah, not going to yeah, use not that. that. No, nope. she's like, you're going to do what I say. And it's going to be from this angle, what I want. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it really made him kind of get deeper into the character. Mm-hmm. And he really felt like it, it became, it be, he became so attached to the character mm-hmm. and what was going on. And, and he felt for it and just, you know, it's a big deal. So I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting. Which, you know, of course, his metamorphosis in this movie, of course, is that he's on the outside, this big, bulky, fucking steroid hopping fucking firefighter. Right? Right. He's a fucking hero. He hangs around with dudes all day who mm-hmm. fucking like. But really, when he's in his most happy moments, where are those happy moments that you saw in the movie? When he was dancing. Exactly. Yeah. Which is. You see what I'm saying? Oh, they're like, oh, that's that's not that's very, you know, effeminate, Feminine. you know, yeah. like and he's like, hey, I'm not scary. See, I can dance, you know, and then he's doing like they do this like weird scenes in the movie where the firefighters are having like raves and shit like that. Like, I'm like, what is going on? This is such a bizarre movie. Like, does this really happen? I'm like, well, it is well, French. Might be, yeah, maybe might be a cultural thing. <laughs> No, it was, I'm sure, pretty much put in there specifically for his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he always seems happy and he doesn't want to deal with anything else. He's mm-hmm. like, this is my spot. This is my spot, you know. Right. And and something I want to uh, express to you that I've had, um, you know, and, I, and I, I don't like to dodge around like hot button issues that much. I like to lean into it because I think there's context and I think there's people have questions and they don't know exactly what they feel about this subject of transgenderism and gender fluidity. They're like, what is all this male, female? That's the way it is. You know, if you actually put yourself and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing here, I'm just putting this out as a perspective. I think in order for you to really kind of understand that kind of ideology that has been ground into us for our entire lives, Mm -hmm. you know, just like girls weren't allowed to play video games. This Mm -hmm. is, we're talking like 15 years ago. Right. We're not talking like, right. You know, a long stretch ago, you know, you weren't allowed to fucking read comic books because that's what guys did. Right. You're not allowed to play with dolls, son, because that's what girls do. And you're, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I understand that that's what we've, how we've been trained over hundreds of years because that's the the roles that we've had. But if you put yourself into that perspective and think about how oppressive that is for some people to not have the uh, freedom to be able to go do things that they want to do. The option. Right. Yeah. That becomes tyranny, if you want to call it that, of your own personal self, of Mm -hmm. your own identity, so to speak. And I think in order to understand that this is not only a transgender problem, this is a male and female problem as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why there are people out there that push this kind of thing. You know, it's very hard to understand coming from a perspective of the world that we were raised in. Right. So I understand when people get frustrated, frustrated or not, not really understanding or, mm-hmm. and so it totally makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Right. But ultimately the goal is to be more understanding of one another. Right. 
Right. So kindness. Right. That's what I would think. Right. You know, I think most men and women, whether whatever you, whatever you re- say that you are, are held captive by a lot of these sort of societal cages. Mm-hmm. And I think once you realize that it kind of opens up the idea that these social constructs are not always accurate. Right. And they are ripping and stripping you of who you really are. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think this movie also is trying to make a point about Mm -hmm. is that, yeah, it's gross in the fact that she's pretending to be your son. And then there's some sort of sexuality going on, which is like crossing bridges that your mind is like, what the fuck? No, no. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck this movie. I'm sure for some. I'm right. sure somebody saw that part in the movie and they were like, nope, I'm fucking done. You know, because they couldn't handle it because that's not how they were. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they can't. Right. For me, I, I just don't give a shit. Well, what, one of the things that irked me was, well, in, in his head, it was his son. Right. You know? But so, he knew at some point that it wasn't. Right. But he and still he had knew, it in his head. Right. So he couldn't, like. No, I don't think it was even that. I think that what what she was trying to say there is that we all need love. Yeah. And he didn't care what kind of love that came from. Right. He just needed that void filled, as right. do all many yeah, people. Ex- it doesn't exactly, mean go out and but... grab a woman and treat her like your son. That's not the message here. <laughs> you don't you don't keep people captive. That's not what they're trying to say here. They're not trying to say, hey, go out and kill a bunch of people and then fucking pretend to be someone's son. Like, that's not the message here. <laughs> they're just telling a crazy wild story. Her being a serial killer really has nothing to do with with the entire story. Right. It's really just kind of the, the capsule in which we digest the medicine. Right, exactly. For her. It, and it was her going into survival mode to get right. away from and that she, serial killer thing. It's just like if you were to look at somebody, and she was trying to push the boundaries of love again, which we, we already talked about, mm-hmm. right? So when she's like going the complete opposite way of love and then being reeled in, the beauty, beauty save the beast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of essentially what she was trying to say. Right. So I'm not saying, hey, she, you know, serial killers need love, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I'm saying here, guys. It's just a fucking movie. All right. It's not supposed to mean like, you know, we need to let serial killers out and just do their thing, guys. It's just their natural instincts. Christ. Come on, man. They're living in cages, bro. You're like, why don't you go drink some more soy, boy? Anyway, I'm just trying to be open and understanding of a situation. I, I, I like perspective. I like to see what other people think. I want to know perspective because I want to know, you know, some shit that I think is totally different than somebody else. And they may see something that I might have overlooked. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Wow, I really was kind of selfish in that moment. You know what I mean? And I didn't really think about it that way. So anyway, we see later on that the mother of Adrian, remember the role where she comes in? Right. And she doesn't want anything to do with the kid. Mm -hmm. That's another form of him being the motherly role Mm -hmm. and her not. Meaning that it doesn't always mean just because you're the mom, you're going to be the motherly role. Like everybody can have this different role. Oh, I thought it was because she instantly knew that wasn't her son. No. And she had had nothing to do with it. I guarantee you. I got that impression from that. She was acting more like the the typical fucking uh, male role, right? I don't want a kid. I don't want to deal with it. Here's some money for abortion. Think about it. I didn't take it like that at all. I took it as a mother lost her son and she had already mourned the passing of her son. 
So, you know, all of a sudden they find the son. And, of course, she's going to question that because it's been so long. She like, did, that's I that's mean, the impression I got going okay. in there. Well, that's fine. I, I, what I'm what I'm theorizing here and what I'm trying to portray to, to compound the bigger idea that I've been trying to make or that has pretty much been hammered no, I'm, to death. I'm crushing it. No. no I, what I'm trying to say is that I the identity of, of being, like, if you grew up without parents, right? you would go to possibly a foster home. And if those parents treated you just as good as your regular parents and you never knew, they would be your parents, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. You know, everybody can fulfill these different roles of love. When you love somebody, it doesn't... Yeah, and that's You don't need why, to be of blood or, you know what I mean? And that's why the mom said, you know, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you're doing, but no matter what, you need to take care of him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just the, the the thing I was thinking about is that there's these roles that society puts on everybody and that, you know, he's actually more of a motherly person than she was, meaning that she he has the ability to 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 raise a child in a different way that he's not allowed to because society says he has to be strong. Mr. Manly, here's the, here. Take out the trash, whatever the fucking you know what I mean? Just as they do with women. Like you can't do anything. You you can you're good at doing the dishes. You're good at like cleaning up the house, birthing children. And you don't do anything. <laughs> oh, now we're gonna turn it into ours. Okay, all right, I see that. I don't know. I just think that's why these two meet in the worst possible way. But they find that sort of familia instinct through the you know meeting of each other. No long no longer does she feel like a monster trapped in her own skin. She feels like his son. And she fulfills that void that he needed there, too. And other people in our lives do that, whether they are have these social constructs or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, again, the movie is not to be taken literally. We don't support serial killers. We don't. It's just supposed to make the viewer feel this certain way to to think about, I think, different ways that people love each other, different roles that each person fulfills. Does that make sense? Yeah. Apparently, Agat, who is, looks like Agat, Agatha, A-A-G-A-T-H-E, she was, like, chosen specifically for her androgynous features. features. Mm -hmm. And she was actually asked based on her Instagram. Oh, wow. That's how they found her. Wow. So she, they asked her, and she was like, yeah, try it out, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they told her kind of, like, what to expect. They didn't tell her the car part. So she didn't know about the car part until she got the script. And then she was like, holy shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bear it all, girl. Jesus Christ. That was like crazy, man. Mm -hmm. I thought she was sitting in the back seat, too, by the way. But she was she? in the front seat. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where the car's about. jumping up yep, and down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, she said that they really ironed out the entire acting role, though. So she wasn't really like improving at all. She was guided to act the way that she was every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Everything that she did, which she actually kind of preferred because she's new and she didn't want to like act like herself. She wanted to act like someone completely different. Mm -hmm. And so the director was very specific about each of their movements and everything that she did. Mm -hmm. That's why I was saying that earlier that she's like kind of like, you know, it's not strict. It's just her right. vision. So, um, but yeah, we can talk about some of the specific scenes here because I really do want to talk about some of the specific scenes. Let's go in order from the beginning on. Like, what was the first thing that caught you? And you're like, okay. The, the, well, the one of the first scenes was when the guy followed her. She had danced 
and then she was in the parking lot, and a guy had followed her. Right. And was, like, stalking her, and then she pulls, like, a rod out of her hair, and she stabs him in the ear, and he starts, like, having a seizure and frothing at the mouth. Dude, his eyes are rolled back in his head. I was like, oh. She's, like, at first, she's, like, he's, like, hey, uh, I just wanted to get your argument. I, I think I'm in love with you, and I, and she was just, like, oh, my God, okay, thank you, thank you, I gotta go. And then he's, like, he's, like, can I get a kiss? Like the French kiss, you know? And so she does it out of obligation, which is, you know, mm-hmm. typical stuff. And then it's like, then he comes in and tries to kiss her and grabs her head. And then she, like, at some point gives in. And it's like, ooh, what's going on here? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of representation here in this situation as well. They wanted everybody to feel uncomfortable, whether it was the guy or the girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Because her kissing back and everything like that could be related to other things. Anyway. Uh, she stabs him in the fucking ear though. And that was like, that was some brutal shit. It goes on for like a while, a few minutes. Minutes, Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And then she drags his body in the car. Like naturally. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, whatever. Whatever. Typical Friday. Dude, I love her blase fucking killing style in this mm-hmm. movie, by the way. Because there's that next scene where she like, well, there's a scene in the shower where they, she gets her hair caught in that girl's nipple. Nipple piercing. Uh, her nipple yeah. piercing. And she's trying to get it off, and then they sort of kind of bond over it. But then, like, later on, you, she's on a date with that girl, and they're making out on the couch, and she starts biting her nipple or something. Oh, it was, she was out by the pool, and mm-hmm. she bites her nipple so hard that she's like, ow, bitch, what the fuck? And then she, like, calms it down. She's like, it's fine, it's whatever, you know? And uh, they go inside and start making out again, and then she gets this anger in her while they're, like, getting ready to fuck. And she pulls out that fucking hair stick again and stabs her and it misses. Mm-hmm. And it goes in her fucking face, like in the front of her face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ew, what the fuck? And then the roommate uh, walks down the stairs. After she stabs her in the head, doesn't she stab her like multiple times or something mm-hmm. like that? And the roommate comes down the stairs. And then she kills him. She hits him with the... Uh, chair oh, that's what it was it yeah was chair leg they're like fighting and this is like this whole scene is crazy man this is like a long scene mm-hmm. she takes the chair puts it in his mouth sits on his neck crushes his neck and then sits there like what the fuck am i gonna and do and then now? his girlfriend walks out yeah nude yeah she runs into the bathroom <laughs> and then another guy walks out and he's like can i use the bathroom and right. then they were talking back and forth that she was like making him and then he hugs her and then well she, she comes up to him and yeah, she's like how many of the that she was like Jesus Christ how many of there are or how many of the of you are there and he's like well there's Jacob and Sonia and <laughs> listing them all off and then she just lays her head on his chest which I thought was such a cool scene. Yeah, it was a cool scene. Because you're like, what is she going to do? Mm-hmm. What is she going to do? She takes that fucking fire poker and jabs him in the back. And then the girl goes running out down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Then she, I don't know. If she she grabbed her by the hair. What did she do with her, though? I don't remember. We missed a part, too. I forget how she killed that girl, but that was like a cool spring uh, spree, I guess mm-hmm. you would call it, yeah, of uh, killing. Uh, but yeah, so... In between that and the last one we just spoke of, she killed that guy, and then she went and took a shower because he puked on her. So one of the more memorable scenes, I can't believe we didn't even forget that, or that we almost didn't go over this. She fucking goes to take a shower, and then she hears something banging on the door or something. Right. 
And it's almost From like the showroom where the right. cars were. And I was like, is someone going to try to kill her or something? Or is it that guy? Yeah, I thought or... the guy was alive. That's what I thought. I was like, was that guy's alive? Police or no, something? No, it was the fucking car. Right. Beckoning her to fuck it. She literally gets in the car, takes both the seatbelts, wraps them around her arm. And she's fucking the car. And she's fucking the car. It's ridiculous. That's By the way, that's called uh, mechophilia. By the way, some call it uh, oh mechanical mechophilia. Mechanophilia. Yeah. Some people call it mechanophilia, but it's also mechophilia. I actually right. believe it or not, watched a part of a documentary here not too long ago by one of my one of my Twitch uh, streamer guys that I watch was watching it on his thing, and he has this inside joke calling everything a cussy. Oh, that's right. And he it was called. Uh, my lover, the car. It's like hard truth or something like that, and it's from like the nineties. And like they like interviewed like guys who fuck cars and like have this fetish for it. Weird. And it's a real thing. Like it's a real thing. There's Aww. there's been like the guy that stuck his dick in the tailpipe and he was trying to fuck it and like gas tanks and like okay, dude. The one guy that they interviewed that was from like Washington. He had fucking rubbed his boner up against the side of Airwolf, the helicopter, and got okay. away with it and didn't, nobody, nobody oh. knew. He had fucked the car or he'd fucked the helicopter. Okay. Because he was so infatuated with it. He's never had a woman, never had a man. Only cars. Only cars and only helicopters, apparently. Does he have little car babies? He, no, Christina, this isn't, oh. this isn't fictional world. <laughs> we live in the real world where guys hump cars, apparently. <laughs> hey no king shaming here but some of you guys come on now <laughs> uh, no he had a he had a vw bug a 74 bug that was like all white he called her vanilla and then there was an- okay. another guy who was in a hardcore band who produced music for hardcore who he had just come out and met that guy online and then they interviewed him, and he was like, yeah, I told my roommate, and my roommate was a little weirded out by it. He didn't know what to think about it. And they interviewed the roommate, and he's like, yeah, he told me, and I was definitely surprised. Uh, and I was like, well, I guess, you know, that's cool. Just don't tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, maybe, maybe, maybe. When I first saw that, I saw that before I started reviewing or, like, searching for information. Mm-hmm. I think it was like in between us watching it and and the other one, yeah. Huh. So I don't know. It's just funny that I happened to be watching that before. What a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's a little odd. Huh? Anyway. Anyway, just leave your car locked, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so she woke up at home and she was leaking oil. Yeah, that like, was gross. Oh, yeah, it was fucking gross. She kept leaking oil on her. They did some really good practical effects on her stomach and stuff. Yeah, they really did. And her breasts and like uh-huh. how the straps were like cutting off the circulation and like mm-hmm. they just did some really, that's some really talented shit. Mm-hmm. They even at one point had that like her belly like open up where she was scratching it so much that mm-hmm. you could see like there's like titanium metal underneath yeah. and like she was like, what the fuck? And she was like fingering the hole in her pregnant stomach. I was like, yeah, so gross. Uh, what was another part that we were really into that we thought was kind of fucked up or um, funny or good? And my, one of the parts that ugh, irked me was that she was in like a bus station or airport or something bathroom. Oh, and she started cutting off her hair. Explain why. Because she had just killed her parents and she was like on the run. And? 
and she saw the poster of the missing boy. Thank you. And she's like, oh, shit, you know, I got to change my look. And it look. did look like her a little bit. Yeah, But really he had did. a weird bulgy nose. Right. So what did she do? She broke her nose. So she first tried, she like, was hitting herself, like trying to break her nose. Yeah. And she was like, oh, shit, that's not working. And so she, she bangs her face on the sink. The porcelain sink. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I could barely watch it. That they was did... the part I turned away. And I was bit. like, did she really do that? Like, it looks real, it dude. It looks so real. Like, her nose looked broken. Like, it looked real. And then when she finally breaks it, she looks in the mirror and she's like, oh, my God, how much pain that is. And then she just smiles and laughs. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my oh, psycho. God. Fucking psycho. I also like the part before that, too, where she, like, lit the fucking house on fire. She goes home after killing all those people, and she realizes that they're going to connect it to her somehow. And then she goes in the house, and she's like, I'm going to burn all my clothes because it's got all the evidence on it. And then that fire, she does it in a bucket. And I kept thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, that's a little close to the wall. (laughs) Maybe you should pull that out and, like, burn it in the center or something. Outside? Yeah, like, Jesus. And so it catches the wall, and then she's like, huh. Well, that's interesting. And I'm like, um, hello. So she goes upstairs. Yeah. She's, she, she's like, at some point, she's like, oh, this is a good idea, actually. And she goes upstairs to see locks her parents in their bedroom. Yeah. She, uh, there's this really cool scene where she opens up the door and she's about to shut it and she's grabbing the key because it's one of those old doors where you lock it with the key, I guess, because France, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're modern enough nowadays, but it's one of those old key setups. And she takes the key and the dad sees her and they both contact eyes at one point. And she's like, have you ever, do you really love me? Do you really care? And then he's like, you wouldn't really do something to me. Like, what are you up to? And then she just slams the door and he like sits up and she's gone. Mm -hmm. And the house is on fire. It's like, oh, shit. That's fucked up. Which they did. We were were getting confused a little bit. Do you remember? Right, because I thought they were like... Talking about that on the phone or on the TV. Yeah, on the TV that morning, but I don't know what the fuck. It might have just been like a precursor, like a little Easter egg to like say that that was going to happen. So what about the... What were some other parts that were like kind of crazy that that towards the end... Yeah, it kind of dies down from there because... uh, In the weird shit, sort of. uh Uh-huh. Because he comes, picks her up, and they go back to the fire station because he's the captain of a fireplace. Which there's that whole scene. He's like, I'll be the judge of who my son is. Right, because they asked if he wanted a DNA test. I don't know why he wouldn't want a DNA test. He's like, test. why would I want one? Yeah, it's kind of weird. And he's oh, like. Oh, but that that's him accepting that he'll just take whatever. Like, he doesn't care. He'll just take whoever. Right. He's just so lonely. He could die. There's like a lot of this back and forth that they had where she's like not wearing it because she can't wear that tape all the time yeah Yeah, it's like hurts i'm sure Yeah, plus you got a baby in there. she's like getting more pregnant by the day yeah and not your belly's not just growing so are your boobs because it's filling up with motor oil and then he's like oh no you gotta take your clothes off and she's like okay we'll turn around Mm -hmm. like then she didn't talk to him either because she didn't want to reveal yeah she didn't talk to him until the very end until she was giving birth well, she did have that moment where he, remember, he took an extra dose of his steroids. Yeah, I thought he died. Yeah, I thought he did, too. And then she comes in and she's like, Papa, Papa. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Papa, don't die. They take him into work, too, like to work as a firefighter, which is always like kind of awkward and stuff. And all the guys are like, kind of making fun of him. Adrian, well, it's technically Alexia. And she's like got her broken nose and everything. And they're like, that's a 
chick. Like that's what they're saying. Like it's very right. obvious. Like that's what they're saying to him. Right. But he doesn't care, and then they kind of accept him in finally. Like mm-hmm. the whole group kind of accept him in. There's that scene <laughs> where their firefighters are having their rave party, and they put the fucking uh, Adrian on top or Alexia on top of the vehicle to kind of make fun, you know, how guys do. Oh, hey, act like a girl. It'll be funny. We'll have a a blast, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And so instead of getting up there and, you know, being a girl, she just is who she is. Mm -hmm. And she finally just, like, does her dance like she did on the car, Mm -hmm. like, in the beginning of the movie, which all the guys are like, I feel really uncomfortable about this. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she fucked the fire truck. Did she? Oh, that's right. Before yeah. that. Like, really, they did a really brief thing where she was fucking the fire truck. It was right. really weird. That's right. So I weird. thought. No, 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 no. That was after that dance thing. Oh, was it? It was de- directly after because I was like, oh, what if it's like one of the guys? You know, one of the firefighters uh, or something uh-huh. like that in the car. Because no, I didn't know where this movie was she, headed. She don't fuck people. She fuck Right. Well, apparently. But, you know. She she's like, ah, 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 and you don't see your bottom half. So like and then you realize, oh, it's the fire truck. It's the truck. I mean, if she why she's going to stop there. <laughs> she just upgraded <laughs> to the fire hose. <laughs> UHF reference. By I don't way. know what okay. that is. You ever you never seen UHF? Weirdo Yankovic's UHF? No. Okay. It's a good movie. Okay. I'll trust you. <laughs> Old comedy, dumb. That's when the mom comes. That's that scene when the mom comes and she tells her to treat him. That was a really crazy scene mm-hmm. because that's the first time when she's like revealed. And then there's that other scene where the dad comes in and walks in on her while she's showering and she puts the towel up really quick. And he's like, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. You'll always be my son to me. Right. And she drops her towels and she's got her fucking. Her boobies. Her, yeah. Her boobies are hanging out. The belly wasn't hanging out, though. It's just so odd because you're thinking, like, the roles here. You know what I mean? Like, son, <laughs> killer. I know. Well, I was like, is this, he going to flip out or, like. Right. Like, I think he had made the decision when he went to the police station that that was going to be his son, no matter what. I think, no. He had made the he, decision. There were some struggles in there because well, yeah, because but... there was, he kept, the father kept locking the door because he was afraid he would leave. Right. So we don't know when. The father knew that he was not his son, and when she, mm. you know what I mean, yeah, fell, I th- fell in love with him. I think, I think he he always knew it wasn't his son because even when the people he worked with came up to him and was like, "I need to, we need to talk about your son," and he wouldn't hear it. He was right. like, "No, he well, didn't want to. He didn't want to hear it." That guy that that one of the parties that they were having, he goes to the father and says, "Hey." That's a woman, and that's she's taking over your son. And he's like, I don't want to hear what you're saying. You right. See, no right knew. to talk to me about my son. And that's the guy that's been kissing the captain's ass because he's the captain. Mm-hmm. And then the captain goes away, and then he goes and talks to the the woman. And he's like, I don't know who the fuck you are, but you need to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, you're fucking things up and making things in. And then she, that it was like the next mission. Mm-hmm. They go on in the forest fire. Mm-hmm. And they find a camper, which they break into, and nobody's in there. And he takes out the gas can so that it doesn't explode in there. Mm-hmm. And he hands it to the other guy. And he's like, to the, the kid that's trying to rat him out, mm-hmm. rat the girl out and, and tell the dad. Hands it to him. And then you just hear, boom. It explodes. Right. Crazy. That is crazy. That's when he tells her, you know, I don't care who you are. I did, like Essentially, I just killed somebody. Yeah, for you. For you. So I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. 
I just need you in my life. It's like, I, I, I would kind of wonder if she'd killed some people. I might not feel the same way. <laughs> but that's how love works, isn't it? It's so strong, you know? Just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, the end of the movie, she comes in and tries to fucking seduce him. And he's like panics over this idea. But he also kind of like is lonely as well. I think he just felt bad for her. No. Because she's, she's in pain and she's pregnant. She felt bad for him. Well, bull, it's a two-way street. Right. She was trying to please him so that he would feel bad for her because mm-hmm. she felt like the same way. So they filled each other's roles, not their holes, because they never had sex. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> dumb. I'm sorry. So she has the baby. It's this big dramatic thing. Her yeah. belly's ripping open. There's metal everywhere. And she dies. And he tries to save her. And he holds the baby. And he lays it on the bed. And you see the metal spine. And then he sits up. And he's like, she's like, she told him before she died. Make sure you take care of him. And it's like through him giving love to some completely different person, mm-hmm. he sort of attained that love by getting his own son. Right. Which is the newborn baby. And she's kind of like that reborn into that Mm -hmm. thing she made good happen even though she was a bad person right i don't know it's just a bunch of wrapped up crazy shit but crazy shit i still liked it i like i think crazy shit i think it's a wild movie and it's very deep and it's very poignant uh i'm sure there's gonna be people upset about the gender fluidity thing but even if you just look at it from the love sense which she portrays it julia even and you know you look at it a very simple simplistic way I think you can kind of appreciate that you don't have to necessarily be of blood to love somebody. You don't necessarily have to be a mother to treat someone like a mother or to fulfill that motherly role for them. You don't have to be, you know, despite her being a killer, again, we're not, this isn't a movie that's literal, you know, in the sense that she's a murderer. Mm -hmm. It's just about her finding herself Mm -hmm. and going through hell and, you know, not trusting anybody. And, you know, that metal in her head also made her a cold person. You know, it transformed her from that moment. Remember, she went out and kissed the car when she was out of the hospital. Right. That was the first thing she did. Right. I don't know. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got to say about it. What do you guys think? Did you see any of that message in there? Does it bother you? Does it... Did it make you uncomfortable? I mean, it's it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, just as, as Requiem for a Dream did. Mm -hmm. But those are the kind of movies that move people and uh, make them think. And they become sort of something that, you know, is pretty popular because we only get them every once in a while. You know, I don't watch Requiem for I don't even own it. I thought we owned it. No, we were going to get the 4K copy. Remember? No. Yeah. I remember. I wanted to get the 4K, see fucking existential dread in a (laughs) 4K. (laughs) 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 Those ass clapping double sided dildo scenes look. Never leave my brain. <laughs> I don't know. Did you do you appreciate it more a little bit just from knowing some of the things I put out there and like thought we thought about or do you just yeah. think eh? I don't I don't know still. I don't know. It's it's a confusing film. It's confusing. I just admire it for putting us into a situation where we're like right. feeling a different fuck? emotion. Yeah, like I'm like, uh, this is very complex and like I don't know why I feel about this. She's supposed to be his son and she's trying to have sex with him and like what's going on? <laughs> I think it's supposed to push you out of your um, boundaries and ha- may- that's what, uh, you know, the whole discussion is about, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Pushing you in a different position. So we do have some movies that we're going to watch next week, obviously. Probably less heady than this. <laughs> I mean, I would assume. I hope so. Yeah, we got Slaughterhouse Rock. 
from 1988. Uh, and we also have Motel Hell from 1980. So we figured we'd pick some kind of weird ones just to have fun with. Okay. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to them. You know, we've been doing a lot of new ones, and this might be the last few old ones that we get. Oh, good. You know, before <laughs> de- January when we do the top oh, yeah, 20, which I did confirm with Dawn of the Disc, they will be on. So we'll be doing that. Good. For 100% sure. It'll be a much second, better show. Second week of January, by the way, guys. So top 20, please make that. That should be the biggest fucking episode of the year. You know what I mean? Like we talk about what favorite movies are. Our lists are always going to be different, you know. Right. But it's just interesting to hear. And see what we think and like what order we have. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you doing top five? No. Top 10? Probably like top 20. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's a big year. There's okay. a lot of movies. Like uh-huh. I-, I was trying to keep it at 15 and it's already busted that. Like I already seen so many movies and I don't even know. Like, do I keep a movie like Titan in a horror category? Or yeah, is... why wouldn't you? Okay. I mean, I don't I don't know. I just don't. This is totally a horror movie. Is it, you think? Yes, because she kills a bunch of people and she fucks cars. Like, how is that not horrific? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's horror. Whatever you want to do. I don't know. I mean, everybody's scared of something, I guess. Some people are probably scared of this movie after watching it. I'm scared of this movie. (laughs) Anyway, so guys, thank you so much for coming by. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. It's not for everybody. Night Teeth might be a little bit more mainstream. Might not be for everybody, too, because of that. Two completely diametrically opposed fucking films <laughs> going for completely different things. Uh, interesting episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I speak too much about this stuff, but I just get really into it. So I hope some of you benefited from that. And maybe it uh, puts your mind into a different perspective than you normally are. Right? Right. Right. Thanks, Christina, for hanging in there. Uh, But yeah, guys, we'll see you next week for a brand new episode. We'll have, again, Slaughterhouse Rock and Motel Hell to watch for next week. So if you want to watch them, uh, Slaughterhouse Rock is on uh, Amazon Prime for free to watch for free with ads. And uh, Motel Hell is also on Amazon Prime uh, to watch without ads. So it's part of the Prime subscription. So, but uh, other than that, thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always, long live the voice.